Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, October 1st. S&P futures are rallying about 22 points. That is about 66 basis points. NASDAQ futures are up about 90 points. That is about 77 basis points. The major European indices are approximately unchanged overall, flat to up small, but with some notable movement behind the scenes. So there were a couple of company-specific items out in Europe that are very notable. Most importantly, STM issued a relatively large upside pre-announcement for Q3. So STM is essentially very similar to the Texas Instruments as far as its mix and makeup. Um, so not solid upside surprise for Q3, they raised their 2020 guidance, citing autos in particular, um, a, a sharp rebound in auto production from the coronavirus um, production halt earlier in the year. So that is obviously bullish for semiconductors. Uh, I think most specifically in the US, Texas Instruments, NXPI, and then the ADI slash Maxim combination. Um, H&M, also the retailer, had positive September sales. That stock is rallying. Retail in general is trading well in Europe as well. On the downside, Rolls-Royce is getting hit very hard. They announced plans to raise about $5 billion in fresh capital. There has been a lot of speculation in the media that they were going to launch a capital raise. This is a bit larger, I think, than some of the numbers that were thrown around in the press. So that stock is getting hit hard. Bear is also very weak. They provided yesterday during U.S. trading, they came out with um, some color on 2021 guidance uh, that fell short of expectations. So Bear is uh, in the red. So company-specific news and focus in Europe, not a lot of real macro headlines to talk about, although there are some negative indications around Brexit. That's weighing on a pound a bit this morning. Again, I think um, US markets could care less about Brexit, honestly. It's really more a function of um, just the pound that is really reflecting, I think, anxiety around that topic. So that's Europe. Asia, for the most part, was closed across the board. There were a lot of holidays in Asia, China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Korea were all closed because of holidays. Japan suffered a massive uh, technical outage that kept Japan closed all day. It was supposed to be open, but the markets could not open. Um, it looks like Japan is hoping to open for Friday as normal, but we'll have to see. So there really is not a lot to talk about in Asia in terms of major news or trading activity. You did get a lot of the September PMIs this morning. Um, you know, I would say that they were kind of fine, nothing really all that dramatic, a few um, beats, a few misses, but nothing that's really shifting trading all that much. For U.S. stocks, the main focus, again, is fiscal stimulus. So we've had Mnuchin and Pelosi have resumed negotiations. This, pro this happened, this commenced a couple of days ago. They are making, quote unquote, progress. They are, quote unquote, encouraged. Um, they spoke yesterday. They are due to speak again today. Pelosi, remember, had been up at about $2.2 trillion. The White House had been much lower at about a trillion. They came up to about a trillion and a half. And now apparently last night, they came up again. So the White House is now on the table at about 1.6 trillion. So still a little bit of a gap between the White House and the House, but certainly narrowing. Um, you know, it looks like the House and the White House may be able to reach a consensus, although there still is some work to get done. The big problem, again, which I've been saying for weeks, remain Senate Republicans. Um, you know, a lot of the articles this morning talking about progress occurring in the talks leave out, conspicuously leave out, any mention of where Senate Republicans stand on this whole process. McConnell made remarks yesterday afternoon briefly to market to the press. Um, this is what caused the, you know, the mini sell-off in U.S. equities into the close yesterday, just saying how there are still very wide gaps. We're still very far from a deal. So we'll have to see how this all unfolds. Um, you know, if you see headlines again about the House and the White House making progress, I would just caution everyone to keep in mind that the Senate will have a say in this process also. Um, and if you go back a few weeks ago, 
Senate Republicans passed a bill, barely passed a bill worth about $500 billion, but of which only about $300 billion was incremental new spending. So if you look at that 300 versus the 2.2 trillion uh, in the House, there's an enormous gap that I find very difficult to close before the election. However, I do think that you are going to get more fiscal stimulus. It's just a question of time. So if it doesn't happen before the election, it will happen after the election. And I think what you're seeing, so you're seeing treasuries came for sale yesterday. They're they're for sale today. I think the fiscal stimulus conversation um, is twofold. You have obviously this kind of pre-election speculation, but I think more meaningfully, there's people now are beginning to contemplate what a full democratic sweep would mean for fiscal stimulus. And that I think is really what's weighing on treasuries and causing yields to rise. Um, you know, again, if you were to see Biden win and then you have Schumer in control of the Senate, you eliminate the filibuster and Pelosi's in the House, you kind of will have free reign on fiscal policy and you can get to some enormous numbers. I think that's the bigger deal as you kind of contemplate the impact on markets and treasuries, et cetera. It's not so much this pre-election, um, you know, chatter about what what can or can happen. Um, so those are kind of the biggest themes and trends for this morning. Um there were just a couple of other items to note. In the US, you've seen over the last three days, a number of companies come out and announce job cuts. I think what you're seeing is a lot of the non-epicenter companies, so the companies that were not immediately impacted by the virus, like airlines, et cetera, um, all kind of went into a liquidity preservation mode for the last several months. I think now as they emerge from that, they're more comfortable with the environment. They are now making longer term um, decisions on their operations. And and so you're seeing a lot of these job cuts announcements. So there have been several across the board. um, And I suspect that this will kind of become a bigger theme going forward, which obviously suggests that this will be an overhang um, on the economy once we get out of this kind of uh, sharp V-shaped recovery from the shutdown of the the pandemic. Um, As far as catalysts for today are concerned, there are a couple. Everything is out before the open. So you have US manufacturing ISM, you have the weekly job claims. And then on the earnings front, you have uh, Pepsi is probably the biggest one. You also have Bed Bath & Beyond, ConAgra, and then um, STZ as well. Nothing is scheduled for after the close today. And then just looking into tomorrow quickly, you have um, obviously the jobs report will be very much in focus. The Fed also came out last night as far as banks are concerned. So remember, banks have been operating under um, under restrictions as far as capital return. There is a dividend payout ratio ceiling, and then buybacks are prohibited. The Fed came out and said that they were going to be extending those restrictions again for another quarter. So all of Q4, that will be in place. So no more buybacks, no buybacks for banks in Q4. That was widely expected for the most part. I know some bank CEOs had um, expressed hope that they perhaps could resume buybacks maybe later in Q4. Um, I know a, a few CEOs mentioned that at the recent Barclays conference, but again, I think investors for the most part assumed that there would no, that those restrictions would stay in place for Q4. And just remember, the capital, even if it's not being returned, it's still accumulating. So if you go into 2021 and you do see some stability on the pandemic front, you have banks that have done huge reserves, reserve building in the first half of this year. That process comes to an end. You possibly could see some reserve releases in 2021, along with you know extra large capital return as they kind of catch up for what they were not able to do for the bulk of this year. Um, so, you know, that's a longer term bullish case on banks, but, you know, I think for the near term, obviously um, I don't think people will be looking that far ahead. So that is everything for today. Not much movement on COVID really to mention, not a ton of movement on politics either. Um, and that is essentially everything for today. Thank you for listening. <laughs>